1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
2: Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now.
0: TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy the TDN podcast. podcast with your hosts Paige Dimacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
3: What's up TDN Fantasy listeners? It is Chris Schubert the hype train back for part 2 of our TDN Black Monday Roundtable. If you missed part one, it's available on the podcast feed from yesterday. I highly recommend checking it out. This is part two of that conversation with the guys over at Draft Dudes, Jordan Reed from the TDN Scouting Department. We go through the final three head coaching openings this offseason. Here it is. All right,
4: next job we want to talk about. These next couple of jobs, they're exciting, right? They're exciting for a variety of reasons. And this one's exciting because you got a hell of a roster, man. You got, you got a young quarterback. And that is Justin Herbert on a rookie deal who has balled out all season long, right? You've got a lot of pieces that you like on the defense. You've got a lot of pieces that you like on the offense. One of the things we do on TDN fantasy every year is we buy into, Oh my God, look at this roster. They should win so many games. And every year they slap us in the face. Okay. Especially over the last few seasons. Right. So is this the time? Are they finally going to get the right guy to lead this very talented team? To the promised land, right? Because this is a team that I I can recall watching Justin Herbert play Patrick Mahomes down to the wire. They took right off the top of his career in the NFL. And you're going, Okay, all right, I see something here, kid, right? Takes Tom Brady in in Tampa. You've seen, you have seen some highlight real moments from Justin Herbert already. And that is exciting if you're a Chargers fan. But there is nobody that took more flack other than the Atlanta Falcons on Twitter this year other than Anthony Lynn, right? This is a team that lost so many close games. So many leads, so many close games was hard to watch at times because you knew it was going to happen, right? You're watching and you go, oh yeah, I know how this ends, right? So who is the coach that can come in, take a talented roster, right? Not replacing the GM, right? And you trust the GM because the GMs put the talented pieces there, right? So it's a unique situation. Kyle, I'm going to you first. When you look at these three candidates, right, that have been linked to the, to the LA Chargers, you got Josh McDaniels, Brian Dable, and Matt Eberflus that we just talked about. Who do you lean here? And are you going to go more offense or are you going to go defense?
1: I'm definitely going offense to work with Justin Herbert. And uh, the other name that, that just got a request in uh, was uh, Joe Brady as well with the offensive coordinator from the Carolina Panthers. I really don't like that fit. I really like the fit with Brian Dable. And and for a lot of the reasons that uh, could also technically be applied to Josh McDaniels and that Dable has experience working with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. And so he's, he's kind of worked with these really high level, like organizational managerial coaches throughout the course of his career. And what he's doing in Buffalo with Josh Allen Thinking about taking that and working that in Los Angeles with a quarterback in Justin Herbert, whose rookie season floor is a lot higher than what Josh Allen's was and has a lot of the same physical gifts at his disposal. I think that just makes too much sense for that not to be the direction that the Los Angeles Chargers go, because as you said, you know, they've really struggled in close games but that means you're close and you look and you need a couple pieces on the offensive line. You need better, better game management situation in the final two minutes of the half and the end the game. And you take care of those two things and you can really start to get excited if the chargers are able to stay healthy for what this team can be. They're not that far removed from a 12 and four season. Uh, it's been the close games and closing games and situational football that they've really struggled with. So Brian Dable, experience working with Bill Belichick, experience working with Nick Saban, the work that he's doing with Josh Allen, transferring that to working with Justin Herbert, thinking about the skill players that are already present in Los Angeles. That to me just makes too much sense for that to not be the direction that they choose to go.
4: All right, Joe, this is your guy that he's talking about, right? You, you've seen one of the, my favorite things that has happened. This is ultimate pettiness that I have, right? Is watching draft Twitter lose its ever loving mind about, Josh Allen having success, right? It happens each and every week. And it's my favorite thing. I absolutely love watching people twist their way into trying to criticize what Josh Allen is continuously doing in what I consider to be an MVP campaign this year, right? But what Kyle said is true, right? You saw much better tools, a much better season from rookie Justin Herbert than you did from Josh Allen. So you take that and you go, okay, you got some pieces that you like, right? On the offense, in addition to Justin Herbert, You help with the line is Brian Dable, the guy who can just walk in and go, okay, yes, it's going to click. And we are going to be all in. And it maybe even happens faster than it did for Buffalo because they're already in a better spot to begin with.
0: Well, I mean, Kyle mentioned it. Brian Dable has a background of working with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. And, And I think obviously that's pretty impressive to walk into an interview with those two guys on your reference sheet, right? He's also had a front row seat to what coach McDermott's been able to do in Buffalo. You know, this team was not in the playoffs for 17 consecutive seasons before McDermott got there. And, you know, obviously we want to talk a lot about what he was able to do with Josh Allen, but you know, coach McDermott winning in Buffalo doing something that nobody's really been able to do. And Brian Dable having a front row seat to that process and that culture I, you know, it, it, that that's right there for me in terms of if I'm a GM, that, that would be very appealing to me to, you know, say, hey, can you kind of take some of that and bring it here? We, we'd really appreciate it. Um, but but obviously, you know, the big appeal with with Dable, it really ex- extends to what he can do with Justin Herbert. And there's no doubt about it. Justin Herbert, his starting point in the NFL, oh, my goodness, so much further ahead than where Josh Allen was. And we joke about people being wrong about Josh Allen, Josh Allen was a significant, and I mean significant risk that the Bills took, right? They bet on themselves to develop Josh Allen and build around him. And let's face it, Josh Allen was a bad quarterback at Wyoming. I mean, it's hard to say bad quarterback at Wyoming, elite quarterback in the NFL. Very unlikely, all right? And, and <laughs> so I understand everybody, and I was down on Josh Allen coming coming into the NFL. Didn't want him. Did not want him. And what it comes to. Oh, I have down the to, receipts,
4: Joe. Don't you? Yeah, I'm not trying it.
0: to run from it. I'm not the, the guy was inaccurate. He was a poor decision maker. He couldn't process. He couldn't put all the things together to play quarterback effectively, to, despite having, you know, elite world-class physical tools. And guys typically don't, right? Like you see these gambles all the times and people just don't develop. Obviously, Josh Allen deserves a ton of credit. And, and really, he leaves no doubt, right? The way he played this year, he leaves no doubt. There's, there's no, there's no way to, to go back and say, you know, look, he's not, he's not a good player. He is. So yeah. Yeah. I want to give my quarterback and Justin Herbert, who's leaps and bounds ahead of where Josh Allen was as a rookie and give him to Brian Dable and say, let's go take, you know, develop, let's uh, continue with what you were able to do with Josh Allen, build off with what Justin Herbert was able to do as a rookie and, and see where this thing goes. And so, you know, I think the the leadership background on top of the, the development that, dable had with josh allen just makes it a slam dunk oh by the way general manager tom telesco went to high school with brian dable this it's it just feels too obvious so where do i get one of those powder blue jerseys because i'll be rooting for dable in los angeles
4: yeah it seems like the stars align for this one right and there was even conversation about like anthony lynn is so well respected right like even in even in the comments from the 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 statement that was put out from Dean Spanos. Like you could tell, like, this isn't a guy you wanted to fire, right? Like it's, he's such a well-respected guy. He just wasn't making the right coaching moves. There was a lot of in-game stuff that was happening. It was just easy to pick apart and go, this just isn't the best for us long-term, right? This is not going to be the best moving forward. And I'm quite sure that he will get another opportunity in the NFL, maybe not as a head coach, but to come back in and be a coordinator, maybe be part of a part of a team. He's just, I don't think I've ever heard one negative thing about Anthony Lynn. Like it is not, it is so unique to not be in that position, but Jamie, what I want you to focus on, cause we're obviously all aboard the Brian Dable train here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think we've collectively decided that that is what, if you're a Chargers fan, that's what you should be rooting for. So let's quickly take a fantasy football lens, right? Justin Herbert was one of those guys that you probably didn't think about coming into the season. Cause a lot of it, was resting on the fact we didn't think we were going to see him obviously as early as, as we saw him. Right. But is this a scenario where a fantasy football darling, Josh Allen, is that the type of scenario that's going to happen here for Justin Herbert? Cause I start, then I start seeing like stars in my eyes, right? I'm like, Oh, Keenan Allen. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm thinking about all these things and I'm going, this is a dream real life scenario and a dream fantasy football scenario, which rarely ever happens.
2: It's obviously a great, fit uh, from all those perspectives. Obviously they're different quarterbacks and there's different things you're looking for in fantasy. I mean, Josh Allen's rushing ability just gives him such a high floor on a weekly basis that why he, even when, even before these massive improvements that he had last year, he was still a QB one just because of him running around so much, but yeah, you would like to see somebody that's going to open up the offense. You like to see less conservative. You'd like to see them let Justin Herbert air it out because he's shown that he's willing to do it and he's willing to stand in the pocket and take some shots to do it. And he has proved that he is a tough SOB already in his NFL career. When he starts to be able to do that a little bit more, be able to utilize all the weapons he has, you know, Mike Williams will be back next year. Keenan Allen will be back. You know, you start talking about some of these other pieces, they might be able to add on the offensive side of the ball. And it's really exciting, particularly if they can rebuild that offensive line, like they have some decisions they're going to have to make there this year. Uh, both both the tackles and interiors they are an issue for this team and it's been so for a while now They kind of put a couple band-aids on it last offseason try to get through but if they're able to improve their offensive line they bring in brian dayball and we see justin herbert take a leap forward of any capacity coming off the high floor of his rookie season not only is that an awesome fit for the chargers and instantly puts them in wildcard contention it puts justin herbert in the top five fantasy quarterback conversation instantly
4: yeah which i'm all aboard for if if chris if chris had the hype train ready i would tell him to to play the hype train because that's like that's that's where i'm like off the rails excitement level right and it's so it rarely ever happens where you get to play out the fun scenario in fantasy football and it actually makes sense in real life football right so this is one of those unique unique scenarios chris you're the last one here are you going to disagree with us just for fun or are you going to, you're going to stay on, you're going to stay on pace here. You're going to say, we like Brian Dable. That's what we're moving forward with. This is the guy. They shouldn't even look at anybody else. They're high school buddies. I mean, I didn't even know that anecdote. That was beautiful, Joe. You just really wrapped that one up. I'm like, yeah, okay. This is a wrap. Like w- w- why interview anybody else?
3: As much as I would love nothing more to play the contrarian here and give you another name. I can't do it. Especially when ESPN's little coaching carousel graphic that they made gave this grade, uh, Brian Dable to the chargers, like the highest grade. We can't argue with that. Okay. You can't argue with the fancy graphic. So no, Brian Dable chargers. I'm good. We're good here. Chalk,
4: chalk. We're good. We're moving on. We're here to talk about, I think these last two, the, the LA chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars are the two best jobs available, right? They've got for for different reasons, right? You've got obviously the number one overall pick in Jacksonville, but you have a rookie quarterback already surefire. You got a lot of pieces that you like right in LA. And I heard everybody argue one way or the other on Black Monday. I heard everybody argue between those two jobs. And I think you could make a good argument one way or the other, but Jacksonville is in a different scenario here, right? And this is the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously have the number one overall pick. They have a ton of cap space. But my one concern here is the news that came out that was reported about ownership, right? And that is that ownership is going to have a say in player personnel. Not only a say, but is going to be a large say in player personnel, right? And that is the shot con, right? When you're a head coach, that is what makes you want to run in the other direction. When you start hearing things like that about ownership, it just makes your skin crawl. Like that's the last thing that you want. And, and I think that that is very interesting. Now, the coach that has been reported by everybody, right, is Urban Meyer, right, which would be very interesting for a variety of reasons. Does this scenario play out, Kyle? Do you think it's going to be Urban Meyer? And maybe this is Urban Meyer and Shad Khan smoking cigars, hanging out together and talking about player personnel, and Urban has more control maybe than we've seen from a head coach in a while? Or does he take say, you know what, I don't think this is for me. I don't want to be a part of this. As fun as it is to play out the scenario of coaching Trevor Lawrence, I'm good. I, I think I want to stay out and keep my coaching legacy intact.
1: Well, I think this is the kind of hire for Jacksonville, that if you're going to have ownership be hands-on with personnel decisions – that you have to make. You have to get outside of the established circle of who's in the NFL and what their standards are going to be to bet their career. For Urban Meyer, he's been sitting in a broadcast booth for a couple of years. You know, he has the coaching itch. Well, this is a good chance to do so. And it's a completely new challenge. And as you said, you know, if you have a good relationship with ownership, Shad Khan has proven throughout the course of his tenure, being the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's more prone to give you more leash. Than a short leash, so he stays with guys a little bit longer than when, you know, the justification could be made to change direction. So I think that's an important note to make for anybody coming into this job to know: hey, if you're on good terms with Shad Khan, you're gonna get some time, you're gonna have some leeway. He has patience, uh, but it does come across as a little odd that in the midst of interviewing candidates for GM positions and head coaching positions. You're coming out as the owner and saying, I'm going to be hands on. This was the kind of thing that really bit the New York Jets when they were hiring with their last cycle, because they said, whoever comes in as the head coach of the New York Jets, you're going to have Greg Williams as your defensive coordinator. And when you start telling coaches things that you're going to come in, your entire career is going to be on the line, but you're not going to have control of this or that, that really starts to get guys apprehensive. So I think an off the wall hire like an Urban Meyer is the only one that does make sense for Jacksonville.
4: I think I totally agree with you. I think this is the scenario when you talk to a head coach, The I many head coaches, right? The worst thing that the, you can be told is what Kyle was just talking about, where you are forced into a scenario where you are going to have to, you have to have this coordinator, or you have to have this thing from ownership, or you have to do these meetings in Cincinnati with the daughter of the owner every week, right? It's, it's, it is a scenario that does not attract the high level candidates because they, they have other options, right? That's what, that's what happens. This is an interesting dynamic because these are the coaching candidates, right? I mentioned urban Meyer, Ryan day, the current head coach of Ohio state, which would be very interesting. Dan Mullen, obviously the head coach in Florida, and then Robert Sala. So Joe of those names, is it Urban or Bust, or or is there somebody that we're not even talking about yet that that maybe fits in here? Maybe it is a Matt Campbell, right? Maybe that's the dark horse candidate that we talked about earlier that maybe goes in here and, and has success.
0: I completely understand everything that Kyle just said and everything that you just said, Paige. The, the idea of going down this road with Urban Meyer based on the ownership's comments makes perfect sense but it's a ridiculous idea, a completely ridiculous idea. You have the number one overall pick in the draft for the first time in franchise history. Trevor Lawrence generational quarterback prospect is staring at you in the face. You have another first round pick. You got four in the top 45. You got $75 million in cap space when nobody has any cap space. You have all these resources and you're going to hand this over to a guy who's never coached for a minute in the NFL has no idea what it takes to develop an NFL quarterback or lead an NFL organization with this type of assets at your disposal, a ridiculous idea to be even considering somebody like urban Meyer. So what you need to do is get serious about your football operation and what you have at your disposal and becoming a winner and find somebody that has done it in the NFL. You cannot hand this over. It's going to be a lot of young talent. They have a lot of good young talent already in place get yourself a guy that's done it in the NFL.
1: So all of these but, candidates, let's be honest, they're terrible. But the problem with that is Shad Khan literally just did this in bringing in Tom Coughlin and it totally flopped as far as being football VP of football operations. So now, as a guy who's a new owner in the NFL, the immediate reaction is to take the pendulum and swing it all the way the other way. Because there's no in-between. We did it this way. We gave Tom Coughlin unilateral control of the organization. He signed Blake Bortles to a bad contract extension. He signed Nick Foles to a terrible contract. They flushed nine figures down the toilet in 18 months on two quarterback prospects. Shaq Khan says, well, gee whiz, I don't want to give somebody else the chance to write the checks without me getting a chance to sign off on him first. So now I got to have control and I got to base my hiring cycle based on who's going to play by the rules that I want to play by. Because the last time I did it, I did give somebody who's done it in the NFL control and I don't want to do it that way again because it fell flat on his face.
0: Well, I think there's some things that are uniquely different about this scenario than that, that being Trevor Lawrence entering this equation. I think that really changes the dynamic and, and no, I mean, yeah, you're not going to go and get the somebody that come to your organization that, you know, you're not, Sean Payton's not coming to Jacksonville, right? We, that's not happening, but can you give me Jim Caldwell? Can, can as somebody that's done it? You're
4: going to give this to urban Meyer. Oh, I'm in total, I'm in total. I'm in total agreement with you, Joe. He couldn't even I get just it right with that... Joe Burrow at Ohio state. They I went just... with Dwayne Haskins over him. I just don't think they're going to do that. That's the problem. I agree. I agree with you that that is what they should do, right? Because everything tells you logically, this is the best available job, right? You have the most cap space. You got tons of draft picks. You got the number one overall pick. You got young talent. You got every bit of an opportunity to put your stamp on this team, right? And the second that I saw the Urban Meyer stuff, I said, oh man, Oh, uh, just, it just smells of Con just going, yep. I, I, I went the old guard. I went the way of the NFL and it didn't, it slapped me in the face. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go outside the box. I'm going to go to a guy who's a winner who sought after Texas wanted him. USC wanted, it doesn't matter. He's going to come. He's going to play for it. He's going to be my head coach. doesn't make sense. Should not do it. But I can see the ego of the owner saying, yeah, I know better. I tried one way and I got to try another way. Right. And it just, it seems like it's pretty well done. Like the way it's been reported is that this is what's happening. Right. And I think that's very, that's very strange because they're not even reporting many of the other top candidates as people that are, that are actually interviewing for this job. Like the three top people here are urban Meyer, Ryan day, and Dan Mullen. Why? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but it's, Kyle laid it out perfectly that it it makes sense when you hear it from that lens. Go ahead, Chris. I know you want to jump in. I can see you. You're, you're ready to say something. Go ahead.
3: So this might be, I'm just going to preface it, the worst idea I've ever had in the history of doing any sort of podcast. So I just that want to prepare really everybody high. right now. But if we're going to operate under the great logic that Kyle laid out there, that Chad Khan doesn't want to do it the, the old way. He wants to do it his way, and he wants to have control. Doesn't it make more sense to hire Urban Meyer as your GM and Ryan Day as your head coach and make that the power structure than just oh, making Christ. Urban Meyer your head coach? You're right, Chris. You're right. This
1: is the craziest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, I
2: yes. – uh, No. Okay. No, no, they're not going to make the right move. They're going to hire urban Meyer and they're going to yeah. try to get the headlines and they're going to be a celebrity coaching hire, which has worked exactly zero times in NFL history. And they're, and they're going to learn their lesson. Like this is, this has happened to everybody. Go, what's the last celebrities type hire in the NFL that's ever worked out? Not a celebrity in terms of inner circle, but celebrity in terms of it's a big name, media likes them. It, it, it doesn't. And by the way, it's not working all that great in Las Vegas either. For theirs, at least he had some coaching experience, and he's got a ring on his finger from the in the NFL. So I, I, this is what they're gonna do. Like this, this is this is how the cons operate. This is how they operate their other businesses in sports and in sports entertainment. This is what they like to do. Uh, I just, to me, it makes no sense. I, I would love Jim Caldwell for this spot. Uh, I think that would make a ton of sense, but that's not gonna happen. That's not sexy. And but you're not gonna make the Jag sexy. You know what makes your your team sexy? Winning football games. Yes. And you're in a position. With an unbelievably top quarterback prospect, a ton of cap space. You don't have a ton of tough Like Cam Robinson is your toughest decision. You're going to make this offseason in terms of pending free agents. You've got one, two, three, four, five picks in the top 65 in this draft. You're in such a good spot to be a contender soon. Not next year, but soon. And you're going to try to go for this glitz and this glamour and all this other BS. It's not going to help you win football games and might stunt that growth. Like I just... It makes no sense to me. I I don't know how Urban Meyer is qualified for this job. Like, I don't understand what makes him the best candidate for this job other than it's Urban Meyer. That's it. Cool.
4: That's it. That's all it is. I mean, it, it is, it is a, it is a move that makes sense when you understand how ego and ownership work. Okay. Cause this happens all the time. It happens all the time in the NFL moves get made. Quarterbacks get started in scenarios that they shouldn't be started in because there is there is an idea that oh, I know how I can get butts and seats, I know how I can sell jerseys, I know how I can market this team. You know what I can market as a businessman? I can market this head coach because it's sexy, right? And that it it Jamie means it and he's right. It never works. It never works, it is not the right thing to do. It never works out and it nearly always blows up in your face. Okay. Ask Arizona Cardinal fans, how they feel about the sexy head coach with the offense that came in now. Okay. Cause I can tell you, they're not very happy with Cliff Kingsbury right now. So it just it, sometimes, and I understand Cliff and urban are very different people, but it's, it's the scenario where you start thinking outside the box and it's exciting when you talk about a headline. But then you look at the depth and you go, there's not a lot of depth to this, right? Logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And and Joe's face talking about it was exactly what I was even hoping for because it's just, it is not the right move. And I, I think that Jim Caldwell would be an awesome fit here, guys. But I don't think that that's going to happen. I think this is pretty much wrapped up. I, th- I think oh, this is a done deal.
2: And this is a phrase since he was not able to be with us, or, uh, us here tonight for Jake Arians. What's the phrase we always talk about on the show? And it probably applies to coaching and head coaching more than even we talk about with the players and predicting standings. Substance Substance over over swag. swag. All right, you need substance. And right now it just looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars are trying to be something they're not and they're never going to be. You're freaking Jacksonville, okay? Enjoy your swimming pool. Enjoy Trevor Lawrence. Enjoy the, the, the uniqueness that is Duval County. But you're still the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're not L.A. You're not you're not any of this other stuff. How how you can be fun and how you can move up the NFL hierarchy is by winning football games. By being a team, people want to watch by being a team. The networks want to put on in prime time and they want to get your games on in those windows. They make an effort to do that. And oh, by the way, playing meaningful playoff football games so people know who the hell you are in the first place. And not, nobody cares about the coach. Nobody tunes in to CBS on a Sunday afternoon to see, I can't wait to see so-and-so coach ball today. Not a single human being has ever sat in there. uh, No single sane human being has ever sat there and thought that on a Sunday. You want, you want attention? Win football games. You're already going to have a lot of attention with a number one pick. You're in a, you're in a really, you have some interesting, really strong playmakers. You found James Robinson as an UDFA. This question looks like if he could stay healthy, like he did for the most part this year, could be a star with him and Trevor Lawrence there. You have some pieces. You have a young, you have some young pieces on defense, a ton of draft capital, even more cap space capital. You're in a great spot to not screw this up. Don't screw this up. And they're going to screw this up.
4: Unfortunately, I think I I wish that we could we could find a way to go Jacksonville buy in baby you got you you got all these things going the right way you know what's sexy having the first overall pick you don't need any more sexy you got enough sexy you get Trevor Lawrence you don't need it I I just it doesn't make any sense to me but I think it's it's like borderline done deal so I'll give you guys the opportunity to throw me a Hail Mary is there any other anything else that might happen here or do we just need to put a bow on this conversation and just say you know what Jacksonville you better hope it works you better hope Urban Meyer brings what he knows and and what he's had success with and god I hope he has a better moral code when he brings it to Jacksonville good lord Chris you got anything for me so I'll just
3: say this because if it's not Urban Meyer And I know I made my, my little urban Meyer Ryan day thing. Uh, I tried to make it a thing a little bit ago, but if it's not urban Meyer that they hire as the head coach, it's more than likely going to be Ryan day. Right? So it's not like they're going to get better in terms of the the, the list of candidates here. Like it's urban Meyer first, and he wants like $12 million a year. So they're going to try to get urban Meyer. And then if that doesn't work, they're going to pivot to Ryan day, which I don't think is a fit for a a whole host of reasons as well. So it's not like, if it's not urban Meyer, it gets better.
4: I just don't understand. Why are those the options? Like, that was how it was reported. It's like, the options are Urban Meyer or Ryan Day. I'm like, is there an Ohio State booster behind the scenes that's friends with shotcom Like, that's, that's literally the only thing that makes sense. Like, are you a big Ohio State fan that we don't know about? It, it, why are those the two options? You are the best job. You can get whoever you want. That's how it should be viewed. I don't know why it's being viewed any other way. So I'm, I'm tying a bow on this because the guys are looking at me with blank stares because they don't have a better option for me because they know it's going to be Urban Meyer. Joe's, Okay. Thank you, Joe. Hail Mary time.
0: Big brain. You want yes. a Hail Mary galaxy yes. brain? I've said this before. Kyle Kyle's gonna know what, what I'm gonna say. Trade for Sean Payton. Trade for Sean Payton. Oh
2: can they trade the can they trade cap space <laughs> to New Orleans for Sean you Payton? You can take
0: on some salary. You can do
2: something. You're gonna have to you can do something. You can do oh, something. Please. You've
0: got I mean
2: just to watch. You keep Calvary's one, Twitter
0: you get screen. Trevor Lawrence, but then then trade Whatever second pick they have, a couple of second rounders, trade your one next year. If oh, we want please. to get real galaxy brain, Hail Mary,
3: something else, trade for Sean Payton. That is 50 times better than the idea I threw out there with my galaxy brain. Great job, Joe.
4: <laughs> the bar was set very low. I know,
3: that's... but he still blew it out of the water, not even close.
4: Because it, it honestly, it would, it's by far and away a much better option. It's not even close. That's all, that's like, Dream scenario to have Sean Payton come coach your football team.
0: The Gruden deal was two ones, two twos. So you 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 have half of that right now. So you trade your second one this year. You trade one of your twos this year. You trade your one and two next year. You got Sean Payton. You got Trevor Lawrence. Got cap space. Blessed. That's infinitely better than Urban Meyer.
1: Probably Love. take on a few bad contracts too. Sure.
0: Yeah.
3: From New Orleans and help sure. them clear up some cap space. Sheldon
4: Rankins, you coming with him? Good for both sides, though. It was Good two ones, both, it's-
3: two twos, and eight million in cash was the
2: trade for Gruden. Get her done. <laughs> kind' of has eight million in cash in his like back pocket. Like he's fine. Give him ten.
4: I love it. I love it. We have just figured out how to fix this. So ShotCon, feel free to call us. We are available <laughs> for consulting purposes. Okay. Feel free. We'll just we're, take ten percent of
2: that fee. Yeah, just ten we'll
4: percent. Yeah. 10%. I might bump it to 15. All right. The last team that we we're going to discuss here is in a completely different scenario. Okay. And I can't wait for Chris to bring out his quarterback takes. Okay. Cause he's got no. takes about paying quarterbacks and I am not going to let him live them down. Okay. Cause if you don't listen to the draft dudes, you should listen to the draft. dudes. okay. Great podcast, Joe, Kyle, Chris occasionally comes in to drop whatever the hell he is on the top of his mind. Okay. Including don't pay quarterbacks, which we'll get into. This is the Houston Texans head coaching job, right? So these are the coaching candidates, Eric B Marvin Lewis, Jim Caldwell. Right. So there are a couple of guys that have been, we've talked about already, right? You're in a unique situation in that you have Deshaun Watson, but he's not on a rookie quarterback deal. Okay. You already paid your guy. Right. So that's where that's where I can at least semi hear out Chris's argument because you're in this bad position now because now you've already paid your guy, but your roster's not very good. You don't have a lot of cap space. You have this this is a job that should be better because Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson, but it's not that good because they have so much to turn over. They have so much to do to make this roster better. And Deshaun Watson tried desperately to make this team good this year. It's just, this roster's bad guys. It's not a good roster. And Bill O'Brien made a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad decisions that they're going to have to live with. Right? So this is, this is, this job is, nah, it's, it's, but you have Deshaun, right? Oh, hi, Jamie. You're, you're I making think,
2: I don't think this job is as terrible as okay. what All seems right. to be the consensus. Like I, they can, it's not great because they have their defense is problematic and they have to fix some things, but they're nowhere near the Atlanta's, the Philadelphia's or the, of the world in terms of cap trouble. Like I know it looks like right now they're, they're what they're minus 13 or so million, 13 and a half million with 46 on the roster. But if they decide to move and trade, let's say you trade JJ Watt. Okay. You trade Brandon cooks, which I know he says he's not accepting any more trades, but that's nice. You move those two guys and you say, you know what? Maybe we move on from, both, from our running back situation. All right. Bill O'Brien's not there anymore. We don't need to keep Dave Johnson. You don't keep Duke Johnson. All of a sudden, you got 42 guys on your roster and 20 something million dollars of cap space. So it, it's, you're not, it, and that's if it comes in at 176. If it goes up to, let's say, 185, okay, now you have more than 30 million in cap space and 42 players on your roster and your quarterback signed. So yeah, you got to figure out your running back situation. You're going to have to find another wide receiver because I'm assuming you're not going to re sign Will Fuller. Like you're going to have to find some pieces there and you, that defense needs a lot of work, but this is not like an unbelievably horrible job. Like, and I, and I think it, it gets lumped in there with Atlanta and their cap situations are far different. Now, you know, what do you get back? If you trade JJ Watt, what do you get back? If you trade Brandon cooks, what you know? What do you, you start to put those pieces together your issue is you have no draft capital and yeah. that's the problem. Like that is the biggest issue with this team. But in terms of being able to field a competitive roster, and maybe add some pieces around them with veterans, they can do that where Atlanta has no chance in hell of making that happen. So uh, it, this isn't a great job, but I don't think that's it's, I, I think this is a tier above Atlanta. Like th- this I, isn't a new section for me. Like, I don't think this job's any worse than Detroit. Like, no, I really don't. I think-, I think it's better than Detroit.
4: For sure. I think it's it's in, but it's not in the, it, it should be better because of Deshaun, but it's not because they're bad cap, but they're also bad draft capital wise, right? Because you don't build your organization through free agency. You need to build it through the draft and they don't have draft capital. And that's the problem, right? So you're looking at this and you're going, okay, we don't have room on the cap and we don't have any draft capital. So this is going to be tougher to turn around quickly because you already paid Deshaun you're already in a window of time where you're trying to maximize your time, right? So who's the best option to get the best out of Deshaun Watson, because even as good as he has been, he still left meat on the bone for steps to take in his progression as a young quarterback to get better, make better decisions. And hopefully they can get some, some good draft capital back. I'll go to you first, Kyle.
1: This is the spot for Eric B Uh, Because if we're being honest, we're, we're talking a lot about cap space. We're talking a lot about NFL draft capital, The worst for Houston is going to be over before the next head coach takes his first snap as the head coach of this football team, as far as their NFL draft capital. So you get through this off season, you understand, Hey, this off season, when we first get in the house, it's going to be a little slow, but by the 2022 off season, they're going to have a full boatload of picks. They will have cleared off some cap space because they will have made some financial decisions to clear up some cap year. One might be tough, but you take Eric Bieniemy and you pair him with Deshaun Watson, and that is the pairing that makes the most sense. This is the spot where you want to pair a young head coach with a young franchise quarterback, regardless on whether or not the quarterback's been paid or not. So this is the spot. You've got a runway. You sell ownership. And the McNairs, when you first get in there, look, year one's probably going to be a little tough because we're paying for the sins of Bill O'Brien. But we're going to get past that first year. We're going to establish chemistry. Deshaun Watson's going to get acclimated in the offensive system. And you move forward from there. And by 2022, this team should have a reasonable chance to be a competitive team, once again, because you've got a good offensive mind as your head coach, and you've got an elite young quarterback, with all due respect to Chris's opinion on Deshaun Watson. you got an elite young quarterback in Deshaun Watson in the physical prime of his career. He's playing unbelievable football. This is a spot for get, I
4: get Chris's. So Chris, why don't you introduce your take? Okay. right? Introduce your take because not everybody has heard the take, right? If you haven't listened, I listen to the podcast every day. So I hear I've heard your take. So bring it, lay it on us because the rest of the world needs to feast on this take.
3: Deshaun Watson is a very good quarterback. Deshaun Watson is not worth $40 million. It's as simple as the take, right? I, I don't like giving quarterbacks that aren't in the elite, elite tier, that kind of money, because it puts you in a situation that this team currently finds themselves in. And yes, in a year, they can potentially get themselves out of it, and I don't want to completely derail what we're talking about here, but to me, out of all of the jobs that we mentioned, this is the job where the GM hire might be the most important, because you don't have the draft capital that some of these other places have, so the guy that you put into this into this spot, the person that's going to take this job over and have to fill these roster holes with limited cap space, with limited draft capital, they have to be a home run higher, right? You have to nail this. This has to be a home run to get yourself out of this hole. Because like Jamie said, it is, you can do some some quick math and Brandon Cooks is gone. These running backs are gone. JJ Watt gets traded and boom, you're in the plus. But then very quickly, April comes around and you're sitting there not picking until 67. And now you're not helping Deshaun Watson. And this, and Kyle mentioned it, that yeah, year one for, for Deshaun Watson and Eric bien if he is the head coach, is it, a learning year. But that's a wasted year of this Deshaun Watson window that you have. And that is where my take kind of comes full circle. You can't blow windows of opportunity with these quarterbacks. And when you pay them, you accelerate that window a lot. And it's not the enemy's fault. It's not the next GM's fault. But Bill O'Brien has put this team where they're kind of in an accelerated window. And I don't know if by the time the roster catches up, that Deshaun Watson will be in his prime.
2: The the counter that Chris is that you don't have a window if you don't pay him like your window is closed that window. You don't have a window on in the house anymore. You're staring at a blank wall, you know? And so you're, you know what I mean? Like there's, that's the, that's the issue. That's always where it comes in, you know, whether or not these players are worth it. And there's, there's a conversation all last off season and it's going to crop right back up this year with Dak Prescott in Dallas. There's also the opportunity cost of what happens if you don't pay them and what happens to your team and what happens to that window. And I think that that's the, the issue there of look their draft capital stuff is in a bad shape, but it's not, their their issues are not because they paid Deshaun Watson. Their issues are because they had Bill O'Brien as their head coach making trades yep. that their issue are the Laramie Tunsil trades, to, which in extent fed into the DeAndre Hopkins trade with money. Like that's why they're in such bad shape. They're not in bad. They're not in terrible shape because they paid Deshaun Watson. I think that's a cop-out that's being used in retrospect. That's not why they're in trouble. No, it's,
4: it's, it's not why they're in trouble. And I think, while I understand the logic behind, because you can look at it now, Chris and and make your point, But the problem is exactly what Jamie said. That's not why they're in the situation that they're in. And they did have a window and they were, he was on a rookie deal and they did have opportunities to make that team better and that roster better. And they didn't do that. Right. And that's the problem. And they traded away draft capital and they made bad moves and they took away the best offensive weapon on the team. And I mean, there just wasn't a whole lot of logic there, but I want to, Refocus us here on how how do we make the Texans fans get excited, Joe? Like what excites? It? Is it Eric Bieniemy? Is that are are you going to agree with Kyle here, or is it a Jim Caldwell? Right, a guy we've mentioned for for bringing in and kind of establishing a winning culture and and coming in and being more of a steady guy who's done it before. Is that the right guy, or is it Hey, you've been with Mahomes now, come down here and, and be with Deshaun Watson.
0: Well, I mean, you you mentioned Houston Texans fans being excited, be exciting, be excited that you have Deshaun Watson. I mean, he is one of those quarterbacks that I think is elite and one of the few guys that I think you can legitimately say the Texans can win a Super Bowl because of Deshaun Watson. There's no doubt in my mind that defense stunk out loud last year and they won a playoff game. So. The fact that you have that already in the mix, everybody knows that Bill O'Brien ruined this roster, right? We, everybody knows that the only first round picks that they made from 2017 until 2022 is going to be Deshaun Watson and Titus Howard, right? Like th- this is understood. And, and and with that in mind, I think that does eliminate some of those expectations for things to look, you know, completely perfect next year. Right. I think there's still that window of low expectations, but I do think Eric Biennemi is the right co- coach for, for this Opportunity, right, to to come in and and work with Deshaun Watson and, and help Deshaun Watson continue to play at a high level, and I think it's just a, a marriage that makes the most sense to me. And, and I haven't mentioned the enemy for the other jobs, not because I don't like the enemy, but this is the one that I like the best for him. And so I think we 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 have to acknowledge the reason why this team is here, but I think it's somewhat overstated, right? Like expectations are low next year, but I think that they can rip the bandaid off really start to piece things together. And and starting in 2022, I think they're right in it when it comes to the AFC South.
4: Yeah, and I mean, Deshaun Watson's 25 years old, right? Right. We're not talking about a 33-year-old quarterback. We're talking about a young quarterback, guy who just turned 25 this past fall, right? I I think it's a, a guy you're excited about, and, and Kyle's right. You got to just kind of know that this year is not going to be the best year. And I think from BNME's perspective to what something that Jamie said earlier, right? Some of the things in the knocks on BNME, I think will come to light more and will be a problem if he goes to certain jobs, New York being one of those places. I think this is the right place for him too. Like, I think this is the right, I think this is a unique opportunity for BNME to get the right opportunity and the right thing for for the Texans and the right thing for Deshaun Watson. And that's not always going to be the case where across the board, it makes the most sense. And I think that's that's what we're looking at here. But as we all know, that very rarely happens where we get all the things that make sense and everything kind of aligns across the board. But it does seem like they obviously moved on from Bill O'Brien and they're trending in the right direction. They're at least deciding, hey, we might need a GM, right? We might need to do things the more traditional way. Uh, Instead of giving total control to somebody who did not deserve total control and it backfired in a big way. Uh, I think the Arizona Cardinals are still thanking Bill O'Brien. There's many shirts thanking him all over here in AZ. Uh, But guys, it's going to put a wrap on this conversation. I could sit here and talk with you guys forever because this is fun. There's a lot of – it's fun in that it's exciting to talk about the possibilities, but I'd be remiss if I did not mention – this is a bad day. Like it's not fun for to talk about a bunch of people losing their jobs, right? Like I I think that a lot of times gets lost in this whole conversation is like, I'm so excited that so-and-so is is getting fired and I'm excited for, you can be excited about the opportunity for something new without tap dancing on somebody else who just lost their job, right? I, I think that's good perspective to bring because a lot of times people are just, excited about what's going on. With the exception of Adam Gase, he does not deserve that empathy. He's the only one. The one exception, I I'd, I'd no empathy because he didn't deserve to be there in the first place. Like, that eh, didn't deserve that job to begin with. So he doesn't deserve the empathy, Empathy, which I know Chris uh, greatly appreciates because he must tap dance on Adam, on Adam Gase losing his job. Final thoughts. That's something we do on the TDN Fantasy podcast. So I'm going to make you guys participate in it now, draft dudes. So that means you just... You tie a bow on your total conversation. You get something off your chest, whatever you want to talk about. I'll let Jamie go first since he's familiar with this exercise. So go ahead, Jamie, final thoughts.
2: Yeah, my final thoughts are that, and and I'll go back to a little bit of the conversation we had about Jacksonville, where this is not about winning. We we hear this so many, it's not winning football games. It's not about winning the coaching hire. It's not about winning the press conference, all that other fun BS that you're going to hear about. The same thing that happens at free agency season where who won free agency on their way to going five and 11. This is about team fits. This is about scheme fits. This is about putting people in place and their staffs in place to put your teams in the best position to have success. And it goes beyond just the one name that you're going to see on the ticker. It goes beyond just the person at the very, very top. And it's like, as hopefully as we've discussed all these jobs and the kind of the pros and cons to them, it is very very complicated there are a lot of things like taking the jets job is very different than taking the jacksonville job it's very different than taking the houston job which is very different than taking another job i mean they all have their own unique circumstances they all their personalities that play into it there's draft capital free agent capital a lot of things that are making these decisions and i want to dovetail that with my actual final final thought is this is going to be another crazy off season think of just the names we have talked about today just in coaching perspective for trade candidates, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, J.J. Watt, like these are humongous, Sam Darnold, those are big names that could be changing teams and some of them might have to change teams because of their cap situation this off season. It's going to change the landscape of the NFL. This is going to be one of the craziest off seasons we've ever seen coming off of the last craziest offseason we've ever seen. Uh, I'm really looking forward to essentially NFL silly season that's going to take place over the next few months leading into the draft.
4: I want to thank uh, Tom Brady for opening the door for mass chaos, because that's how this that's how this whole thing happened. Right. When Tom Brady left New England, it meant that nothing is off. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility. Okay, watching him go play in Tampa Bay and every son, like every time I look at him in that jersey, I'm like, no. Like my eyes just say, no, like, it's not, it's not what should be happening. Like it shouldn't like, it's just not, it doesn't feel right. So that's where I look and people go, Stafford's not going to get traded. Matt Ryan's not going to get traded. Anything is possible people. Like If you told us two years ago, this group of five was sitting together and we went Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, tell me about it. Every single one of us would have been you're out of your damn mind. There is no chance that is ever happening. He's never leaving new England, blah, 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 blah right? There's no chance. So Jamie, I love that you brought that up because I'm equally as excited for this off season because we've got generational prospects, right? So there's a lot of interesting dynamics where that exists up at the top of the draft on top of a ton of movement that can happen. And I'm now rooting for Sean Payton to get traded. So thank you for that, Joe, Joe, your final thoughts on, on today's show.
0: I think the last thing on my mind here is just thinking about what it takes to be a good NFL head coach. And so often we evaluate what they were able to accomplish where they are right but in in a lot of that really stems from you know x's and o's right in in leading an nfl football team is so much more than just having good scheme right it's it's establishing culture it's being a leader of men it's being a leader of of high profile human beings that make lots of money and have tons of rare physical traits that most people don't have and so this stuff really it's it's more than oh well Brian Dable got a lot out of Josh Allen so he could just do that with Justin Herbert what's more important for just to use that as an example is is the leadership skills that come with Brian Dable and the environment that he or, or whatever coach can cultivate to allow players to come in and be the best version of themselves and succeed in the NFL and put them in a position of competitive strength and so I think uh, as much as we want to talk about fancy X's and O's and hot shots and, and cool haircuts and, and, and handsome dudes being head coaches, it's about leadership. And, and that's what you have to really put at the forefront of these decisions.
4: It's It's the right thing. As we talked about, don't do the sexy thing. Do the smart thing. Right. Substance over swag. Make the right decision, which is so often not what is happening in the NFL. So often it's, it's what's going to get a headline and it is not the, the right move for the organization. So I hope with a lot of these teams, they decide to go against the grain and, and make the smart move. Chris, I'll let you go next and I'll finish up with Kyle, your final thoughts.
3: Patience. This is a process that takes a a while and you don't need your team to be the first team, having a press conference and introducing their next head coach. You need to be the team that when has that press conference makes the right hire. And I'll use an example that is local to three of the people on this show. When the Cardinals hired Bruce Arians, they were the last team to make a hire that cycle that worked out pretty well for them. They took their time they conducted interviews, they picked the right person for the job. So, yes, I think everybody who wants an offensive-minded head coach would love Eric Biennemi, but if you don't get Eric Biennemi, it's okay. Let the process play out, have some patience, and just hope that the right decision is made at the end of the day, not the first decision.
4: I will piggyback off of that. Kyle, you will get to go last, and I will say my final thoughts now because Kyle, because thank you, Chris, for putting this on a tee for me. The Chicago Bears fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You do not want your team to go outside the box, right? This is what we just talked about with Urban Meyer. There was a time where in 2013, the Chicago Bears were also interviewing for head coaching. Okay. Bruce Arians interviewed for a head coaching job of which he thought he got the job. He left that interview, knocked it out of the park, said I'm going to be the next coach of the Chicago Bears. Right. And the Chicago Bears chose Mark Trussman. Okay. So let me explain to you how you derail your organization. You had a window of time with Jay Cutler where you were having success and you had this opportunity to do the right thing. And you made the outside of the box. We're going to go hire this offensive guru from the Canadian Football League. How did that work out? I'll tell you how it worked out. Not very well, not very well, okay? So don't don't buy into this. Don't let your organization feed you BS, okay? Sometimes the most obvious decision is is the one that is just the Jim Caldwell. Right. The guy who's been there, who's done that, who's who's not maybe the sexy hire, but he's the right hire. So do your due diligence, do, you know, do some research, find out who you want to be your head coach and don't necessarily uh, buy into what your organization is going to feed you, because I can assure you, unfortunately, there are tweets of me being excited about this because I bought into it. Okay, I got excited. I I drank the Kool-Aid and the Kool-Aid did not last very long. OK, it was very, very quick turnaround on this Kool-Aid and I would bring it up all the time. So just this is a good word for the wise. And I'm gra- glad that Chris brought it up because it worked out very well for Arizona. Kyle, your final thoughts.
1: I'm glad we're speaking about words to the wise and, and, and sharing thoughts of perspective here because it warms my heart that we went through this entire process And I did not hear the name Josh McDaniels mentioned as a legitimate candidate for a single one of the jobs. First of all, pro tip to anybody hiring a head coach, stop hiring Patriots assistants and assuming because I just got done. listening to Joe judge get on a soapbox and cry that the Eagles benched their quarterback so that a six and 10 football team was robbed of the chance to play in the playoffs. Corny Josh McDaniels verbally accepting the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job, having the Colts sign assistant coaches with the understanding that they were going to be on McDaniels' staff in Indianapolis and McDaniels getting cold feet the night before the press conference. Corny. So I am just glad that we are going through coaching cycles and not talking about Josh McDaniels.
4: Kyle, I love that. Thank you, Tom for leaving tom because that is why we are not hearing about josh mcdaniels and i don't think we're going to hear about josh mcdaniels all that much in the future either very excited to not hear about that coaching uh opportunity moving forward Last thing we'll do is tell everybody how they can follow you on social media. So Chris, I will let you go first because we're really trying to build your social following. All right, yeah. so make sure you say it loud and proud and spell it out so everybody knows how to follow you.
3: Yeah, Jamie, we got to get from what, 38 to 39 now? That's I what I to say. From. If you
2: get three new followers, you're double your count. Yeah,
3: there wow. we go. So you can follow me on Twitter at shoe radio S-C-H-U radio.
4: Jamie, how can everybody follow you?
2: Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter.
4: Joe, how can everyone follow you?
1: At the Joe Marino. Kyle grinding the tape
4: pretty simple at the underscore sports page with an I please listen to both shows the draft dudes podcast every day Monday through Friday with the Kyle and Joe and Chris's hot takes you can hear more about his quarterback conspiracy theories that he's got and all the ways he's going to try and teach you to, to believe in them as well and myself, Jamie, and then Jake wasn't able to make it tonight on TDN Fantasy. And as always, please read all of the wonderful content on the Draft
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra
1: mile for you. Call.